Terry and Jesse show. Two Catholics with a PhD in common sense. We are firing truth, missiles of truth at the wall of lies. I'm reporting for duty. Terry, what about you, my friend? I'm reporting from duty in bed, buddy. I I lost my voice (laughs) with this flu bug, and I'm having a good time because I get to offer it up for the salvation of souls. And Jesse, today's show, you picked three articles that are outstanding. I'll tell you why, folks. Put your seatbelt on. Talk about a quote from uh, uh, the Soviet, Matija Kutrev. He predicted back in 1956 that he could take America without firing a shot. And then that's an interesting one. And then again, this is a topic we all need to study because there's a lot of mix, there's a lot of, uh, uh, let's just say, confusion over what God's mercy or God's justice. How do you balance the two? And then, Jesse, you picked another good one. Kevin James, when he was in Los Angeles, I'll never forget, he asked me to give him all of Scott Hahn's downloads of all the recordings I've ever done with Scott Hahn over 25 years. I had lunch with him, with my daughter, and he's a traditional Catholic, and he loves the Lord. And he came out regarding uh, standing up for condemning euthanasia, which is politically incorrect. We'll get into that and much, much more. And I guess you know today's feast day, Don Bosco, what a great saint he is. St. John Bosco, pray for us. A couple of things that I just want to mention before we get into the good news of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. (laughs) I just would uh, like like to to mention that uh, the, this concerns me, Terry, the federal government is asking banks to search oh, private yeah. transactions for terms like MAGA <laughs> or Trump. Yeah. So yeah. A- after the January 6th uh, event, the Treasury Department's Financial Crime Bureau has also flagged transactions for religious texts. So uh, it's called the Financial Crimes Network Enforcement Network. The U.S. Treasury Department's Financial Crime Fighting Unit it's being accused of urging banks to comb through the private transactions of customers using the terms such as MAGA and Trump. And uh, thanks be to God, the House U.S. Capitol House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan, he leveled the accusation in a letter to former uh, Division Director Noah Bischoff in what the lawmaker described as pervasive financial surveillance carried out at the request of law enforcement that raises doubts about the Treasury's respect for fundamental civil liberties. Terry, it seems like everything under the Biden administration has been weaponized against Christians, patriots, and people of faith. That's unfortunate, very unfortunate, Jesse, but you're spot on. Yeah. (coughs) Today's the last month of uh, January. Remember, it's uh, the month of... uh, of January is dedicated to the holy name of Jesus. And uh, let's not forget that as Catholics, let's not forget this very important tradition that uh, at the holy name of Jesus during Mass, or at the holy name of the Trinity during Holy Mass, the saint of the day, or, uh, or the Blessed Virgin Mary, we should be bowing our heads every time we say this in Holy Mass. Amen. That's a timeless tradition in the Catholic Church. So, 
Let's uh, speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Today's gospel, Mark chapter 6, verses 1 to 6. Jesus departed from there and came to his native place, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who, were, who heard him were astonished. They said, where did this man get all this? What kind of wisdom has been given to him? What mighty deeds are wrought by his hands? Is he not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his native place and among his own kin and, his own, and in his own house. So he was not able to perform any mighty deed there apart from curing a few sick people by laying his hands on them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. The gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. A couple of comments I want to make about today's gospel. Okay. Um, first of all, in, in, in verse one, where it says that Jesus came into his own country, it's, it's talking about Nazareth, the city of Nazareth. It's in, in, in the Galilean village. This is where Jesus was raised. He was raised in this area in Nazareth of Galilee. And, and following an earlier incident that was recorded in, in Luke chapter 4, verses 16 and 30, this, uh, this is the second time that Jesus Christ is rejected by his kinfolks, by his Jewish kinsmen. Second time he's rejected. We also see in verse 3, where it, it talks about... Uh, the brothers of Jesus and his sisters. Well, the, the timeless tradition of the Catholic Church is that Jesus' brothers and his sisters, they're his cousins or they're his more distant relatives. This is a tradition both East and West. And you can see this uh, explained clearly in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 500. They're not his siblings from the same virgin mother. And also, I think in verse 4, something else jumps out at me where it talks about uh, <clears throat> a prophet is not without honor except in his own country. This says uh, Jesus Christ, basically, he, he used a Jewish proverb to explain his rejection. And just like the Old Testament prophets before him, Jesus is persecuted and he's rejected for preaching the word of God. And Jesus is often called a prophet in the Gospels. And he finds, he, he, and there's a long list of, uh, of, of uh, the prophets of Israel being rejected by the Israelites, by their own people, because they're bearing a very difficult message from God. And also, another thing that jumps out at me is at the end where it says that apart from curing a few sick people by laying his hands on them... You'll notice when Jesus Christ, he, he cures people in the New Testament, he puts his hands on them. But when he drives out a demon, he doesn't put his hands on them. He just speaks. Okay? It's a very key distinction. When he heals mm -hmm. somebody, he puts his hands on their head, just like priests do in the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. 
But when he drives out a demon, all he does is speak, just like exorcists do in the rite of exorcism. All they do is speak. And, and then at the end, it says, he was amazed at their lack of faith. Uh, I just hope that our Lord Jesus Christ has mercy on America. I hope he's not looking at us, Terry, and amazed at our lack of faith in the Catholic Church right now. I agree, Jesse. That's good stuff that you were just giving good commentary. You know, I, I'm not going to bring the smartest guy into the room because I'm not in a position, but I'll, you know what? I will. I'll have a memorized one. Yeah, let's bring the smartest guy into the room right now. Okay. Archbishop Fulton Sheen. Oh, I don't hear the noise, but uh, the, the truck full Sheen ahead. Here's what Sheen has to say. There he goes. All right. Thank you, Mr. Engineer. Just his quick comment is on suffering. He said, without Good Friday, there's no Easter Sunday. So we're going to be coming into the Lenten season. Great time to do some penance for the church, for the world, and to make reparation for these sacrileges that are going on in our church and in the world. So I, I would just suggest to everybody, like I said, I, I, I feel blessed because I'm here. just a normal cold, but it got me down. I'm human, and uh, I can still get merit out of that. So the next time you do get a cold or have anything, every action is like a blank check. If Christ's name is on it, it has infinite value. So we want to just keep that in mind. Jesse, what about the great Saint Don Bosco? Yeah, let me say a couple things about Saint John Bosco. Pray for us. Yeah. He devoted he devoted a great deal of attention to the question of how of how the young could be formed oh, yeah. for a good and holy Christian life. And he chose his his <laughs> tactics. He chose he chose love rather than severity as his tool for teaching children to treasure God's will and 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 God and God's promise. Also, what we do know about Saint John Bosco is he was born in 1815. He was a young priest in Turin, Italy. Uh, John Bosco instructed delinquent boys on Sundays at his oratory. He created homes for them and night schools to train young men. He, he said this before he died. He said, I have promised God that until my last breath, I shall have lived for my poor young people. I study for you. Wow. I work for you. I am also ready to give my life for you. Take note that whatever I am, I have been so, enti I have been so entirely for you, day and night, morning and evening, at every moment, close quote. John Bosco founded the Salesians, and he was canonized in 1934. St. John Bosco, pray wow. for us. Pray for us. Jesse, when we come back, great article you picked out of Nikia Khrushchev. He said that we will take, you know, the Russians, we will take America without firing a shot. Well, what's that about? Oh, we'll, take, we'll get into that much more. I also just want to thank our listeners for supporting us here. Virgin Powerful Radio. God bless you. We'll be back after a quick break. We are back. So, communism front and center. Nikita Khrushchev said the following, quote, We will take America 
without firing a shot. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, the article says this was never said by Nikita Khrushchev. The art, however, he said something threatening about capitalism in his speech on November fifth, November eighteenth, nineteen fifty-six. The first secretary of the Communist Party of the Soviet Union, Nikita Khrushchev, predicted that communism would outlast capitalism. Uh, Rod Dreher writes about the stories of Soviet-era communism and its oppression and the future of soft totalitarianism in a book called Live Not By Lies. So, on November 18th, 1956, in his address to Western ambassadors at the Polish embassy in Moscow, Russia Khrushchev issued a threat. He said, quote, we will bury you. If it was a threat or not, it was seen as one by some government officials in America. In fact, uh, Los Angeles Mayor Norris Paulson back in 1959, or, or Louisiana Mayor, maybe, says L.A. Mayor Norris Paulson said, okay, he said, we do not agree with your widely quoted phrase, we shall bury you. You shall not bury us, and we shall not bury you. We are happy with our way of life, speaking about capitalism. We recognize its shortcomings and are always trying to improve it. But if challenged, we will fight to death to preserve it. Louisiana Mayor Norris Polson, 1959. Khrushchev predicted about the Soviet Union. He says, we're on the right side of history. We will bury you. This warning came before the 1984 warning about the Soviet-era psychological warfare tactics coming to America by ex-KGB official Yuri Bezmenov. His warning recently resurfaced, resurfaced in the release of the new Call of Duty Cold War game. So what are the attitudes towards communism today? Well... Another finding of the report is 63% of Gen Z and millennials believe the Declaration of Independence better guarantees freedom and inequality over the Communist Manifesto. Communism is a threat to liberty, especially religious liberty. Just just ask Father Kolakovic, who escaped Nazi Croatia, only to then be oppressed under Soviet Czechoslovakia. Only only Father Kolakovic recognized the coming darkness and prepared his church through mock interrogations and surveillance tactics trainings. He was so prepared that by the time of nineteen of the nineteen forty eight Czechoslovak coup coup d'état, his secret church was operating for five years. So who was Nikita Khrushchev? Nikita Khrushchev was the first secretary of the Communist Party of the Soviet Union from 1953 to 1964. Khrushchev was a firm believer in the ideology of the Soviet Union's Communist Party, which was based on the Communist Manifesto by Karl Marx. A political commissar during the Russian Civil War, Nikita Khrushchev was destined to be a powerhouse with the Soviet Communist Party after the death of Joseph Stalin. Khrushchev was complicit and an active member in Stalin's purges, which resulted in the deaths of millions. Once Stalin died, Nikita announced his goal for a less repressive era. However, many of his policies to improve the lives of ordinary citizens were failures. 
Khrushchev, quote, we will take America. In his speech on November 18, 1956, Nikita Khrushchev backed up his bold prediction about the downfall of America with his reasoning. He said, history is on our side. So for Nikita Khrushchev, fealty to the Communist Party shaped his beliefs. In another one of his speeches, he gives a clear example of the Marxist ideology he exported all over the world as the leader of the Soviet Union. Khrushchev said, Coexistence for the Soviet Union means an intense ideological struggle between the proletariat and the aggressive forces of imperialism in the world arena. At the time of his 1956 prediction, many in the United States perceived his words to be a threat of nuclear war. Only six years later, the Cuban Missile Crisis rocked the free world in anticipation of a real nuclear war with Soviet Cuba. It's been debated that the translation really means we will outlast you, close quote, which could be even more of an ominous prediction. Terry, so what this guy's talking about, Khrushchev, he's basically yeah. saying that co- communism is going to outlast capitalism. And uh, I don't know, Terry, he may be right the way things are going right now in America under the Democrat well, Party. Well, what's, what's shocking, Jesse, and I mean shocking, when you gave that statistic of Generation uh, Z, can you imagine over six out of ten young men and women believe that the Declaration of the Independence better guarantees freedom and equalities over communists? That means like almost, what, 37% of people that are young, of young Yeah, young people, of young people, yeah. Come on, where are they getting this information from except, I can just say, propaganda? I mean, people are still yeah. pushing this to our colleges. Think about what the colleges are promoting, and many of the professors are communists for the last 40 years. And it's just a sad case because they're persuading young people to think, hey, you know, communism is the way to go, which it's obviously not. Yeah, Terry, the there is no relationship between Christianity and, and, and communism. There's no relationship. Zero. Yeah. Because the ideas of socialism slash communism, uh, they're a sworn enemy of Christianity. We've had right. 150 years of papal statements condemning socialism. And so socialism and communism are, as far as us Catholic Christians, it's completely alien to us. It's, it's not compatible with our Catholic faith. Anybody that's trying to uh, merge both of them, Terry, that's called syncretism. And, that, and they're trying to, yeah, they've they, tried to do that through liberation theology. <laughs> liberation theology is syncretism. It's slash communism and Catholicism kind of being forced together. And that started in the 60s in South America, Latin America. Right. Well, you nailed it, Jeff. But it's just showing you that colleges are really a, one of the problems for it right now. So that's, yep. that's a, a good point. And, and you know, Jesse, um, they might be right because obviously uh, communism has spread all over the world. All right? It's not yeah, just in Russia. Right. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're right. Out in South America. Yeah. So, you know, we have to stand up for our country with the gospel because it's the gospel message that's going to convince people that um, communism is 
uh, atheistic communism, and it's not compatible with the Christian life. Terry, and you have you have some liberation theolog- Jesuit theologians uh, right. in Latin America, South America. They try to tell the the low information, the simple Catholics, they try to say, oh, no, 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 communism and Christianity, they're compatible because, remember, in the book of Acts, it says, uh, Acts 4.32, it says, none of them considered any of their possessions to be their own. So they're saying, see, it's right in right. the book of Acts. But the the answer to that is that Christianity is not communism because Christianity is totally voluntary. Another one, yep. In other words, in Christianity, nobody says... To, to give us what is yours, it belongs to us. In Christianity, there's no force redistribution of wealth. Christians in the early church, in the book of Acts, they themselves sacrificed and gave freely of their own accord. It wasn't by a government mandate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah. so it's hey, not... Yeah, uh, you know, there's little... yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was also going to say, Terry, that the reason communism is incompatible with Catholicism is because mm-hmm. it's an atheistic system by design. Right. And so communism being an atheistic system of government, it renounces all religion. Uh, you know, I, I would, I would say that communism is fanatical. It's, 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 it's intolerant right. of religion. And uh, the truth is Catholic Christianity is the religion of heaven Communism, Terry, is the religion of Earth. And Jesse, just what you've made these points over the years, the, the, their cousins, their communism and socialism yeah. are basically uh, blood brothers. Yeah. And um, whenever you see socialism go in, it's uh, really a, uh, a form of communism. That's right. And, 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 and Christianity, it preaches love for everyone. Communism preaches class hatred, class warfare, uh, you know, race warfare. Christianity is a religion of, uh, of idealism founded on faith uh, in, in the promises of God's truth and God's love. But communism is a religion of dry, it's dry, like rational pursuit of, of building this paradise here on earth. Uh, and it's failed everywhere it's been tried. And you know, Jesse, at the end of the show, I'm going to bring it up to you because I don't have the voice to do it. Just remember where all those communists are today. Mm. All the leaders who said they're going to do this. They're in hell. Exactly, brother. And I think that um, this is why we as a church, it's been condemning communism forever. And it needs to be renewed again, in my humble opinion, because without the clarity of the church teachings on this, guys like you and I, just lay guys, okay? But we take what the popes have said, saints have said, and, you know, we're going to continue to fight for this because communism is a big threat to any government because what it takes away is the human dignity and the freedom of people. Yeah, Terry, and, and, <laughs> and, and, our, and our Catholic faith uh, is worth fighting for. With 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 every with every ounce of strength and every drop of blood of ours, Amen. Terry, I'll, I'll tell you who I'll tell you who got it right uh, is uh, Senator Joe McCarthy. Oh yeah, he was he was right after all, and all and Bella Dodd, both yeah. both of them 
Bella Dodd warned us about yep. about communism back in the fifties, and so yep. did back in the fifties. A Catholic U.S. senator from Wisconsin, Joe McCarthy, he was also deeply suspicious of communist spies from the Soviet Union that were had, oh, yeah. that had already penetrated various uh, various levels of U.S. government, and uh, he began a campaign to identify them. But the left back then they started calling that the Red Scare, the Red Scare, you know. Oh yeah. And they started. They oh, started just to, yeah. yeah uh, and and uh, it turns out that what he revealed in that project called the Venona Project, uh, yep, it proved to be right all along. God bless Bella Dodd. God bless Joe McCarthy. May they rest oh, in peace. Yeah, the machine got a lot. You know, oh yes. Yeah. Watch the video Hey, with this family, um, you're listening to the Terry and Jesse show on Virgin of Radio. God's justice or God's mercy, which is greater? Uh, what a wonderful topic. Yep. In the Divine Chaplet Prayer, it says, Eternal God, in whom mercy is endless and the treasure of compassion inexhaustible, look kindly upon us and increase your mercy in us, that in difficult moments we may not despair nor become despondent, but with great confidence submit ourselves to your holy will, which is love and mercy itself. Close quote. We know that in God, there is both mercy and justice. Rather, that God is, is both mercy and justice. However, we also pray that upon our death, we might meet in Christ, not the just judge. I don't want to meet the just judge, but I want to meet the merciful Savior, Terry. That's who I want to meet. Amen. Amen. Knowing that mercy and justice can never truly contradict one another, we might still ask which is greater in God. And which comes first, and which is greater? Okay? It would be like a husband and, and the wife. They're both equal. And man and woman come from God. But uh, is one, uh, does one have a preeminent position? We'll take a look at mercy and justice and see that there is. Uh-huh. Is justice the foundation from which mercy builds? Or is mercy the fundamental disposition of God towards his creatures. Well, justice in Catholicism is to render another his due. There are two kinds of justice. Commutative justice and distributive justice. Commutative justice is when, another, is when a man is in another's debt as having received something from him. This type of justice clearly cannot be in God for all good things come from him and he is a debtor to none. On the other hand, distributive justice is that by which a man gives good things to all according to their proper condition. This is in God because he gives all blessings according to his wisdom and in a manner which befits each creature. But, The creatures cannot claim to have any true authority over God in this respect, for he, the creature, is a debtor only to his own wisdom 
He need only distribute blessings according to his providential will. That's God. God only distributes blessings according to his providential Amen. will. And God is a debtor only to his own wisdom. To be very clear, God owes no absolute debt of justice to any creature. He doesn't owe it to us to give us grace or to save us. Rather, he owes it to himself to give us grace and save us insofar as he has promised this and has willed it. <coughs> Mercy is the passion of sorrow at the misery of another, which leads the man to desire to allay the other's suffering as though it were his own. In this sense, there is not mercy in God since he suffers from no passions whatsoever. However, the divine mercy is true and real, not as a passion, but in relation to the effect. Namely, God is said to have mercy in so far as he does indeed act to dispel the misery of us poor creatures. Further, Christ became man in order to suffer with us and so experience our sufferings in his humanity. There's an absolute priority of divine mercy. St. Thomas Aquinas offers a brilliant explanation of the fact that although mercy and justice are in every act of God, mercy always precedes justice. Here's what St. Thomas says in the Summa. Whatever is done by God in created things is done according to proper order and proportion wherein consists the idea of justice. Thus, justice must exist in all God's works. Now, the work of divine justice always presupposes the work of mercy and is founded upon mercy. Notice what St. Thomas says. That, ju that God's divine justice is founded upon his mercy. For nothing is due to creatures except for something pre-existing in them or foreknown. Again, if this is due to a creature, it must be due on account of something that precedes. And since we cannot go on to infinity, we must come to something that depends only on the goodness of the divine will, which is the ultimate end. So in, here it goes St. Thomas again, so in every work of God viewed at its primary source, there appears mercy, close quote. Because God does not have to create anything at all, everything he does in the world is an expression, first and foremost, of his divine mercy. Even the souls condemned to eternal punishments in hell first experience mercy before justice. For they, the souls, they have no claim to existence, and it's a great act of mercy that God continues to preserve them in existence, especially since they hate him. Now, if the soul in mortal sin, even the soul in hell, is supported by the divine mercy, how much more are we who live, and especially those in the state of grace, encompassed in mercy, what have we to fear? Amen. Now, Amen. I like that prayer. O blood and water, which gush forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us. I trust in you. And Jesse, because we have time, I want to um, bring another topic up that's related to this justice and mercy. Many people in our church today are presumptuous saying no souls go to hell. And I like to think that. Yeah. 
And that's just not what the Catholic Church teaches. If we go to the Catechism of the Catholic Church on the four last things that, Jesse, you've preached on for decades on this topic, you'll see that hell from Scripture is very clear that souls go there and many go there and few don't uh, go. And so it's just the opposite from what Scripture and tradition has taught for 2,000 years because we have people in our church today that are saying, no, no, no. I can't believe anybody's going to go to hell. Well, the gospel says something different. So I just want to remind everybody, um, I don't care who it is, if it's not teaching what the church teaches, reject that, pray for that person who's not giving you the teachings of the church. But you can know that scripture and tradition has always taught uh, that there are souls that go to hell by rejecting God. Amen. Terry, let me let me quote a few giants uh, that talk about the fact that uh, from God comes justice and mercy, but mercy precedes justice. Let me quote a few giants here. What's the biggest giant? The Bible, the Holy Bible. The cousin of Jesus, James chapter 2, verse 13, says the following, quote, For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Yet mercy triumphs over judgment. I'm repeat that again. This is the Holy Bible. Mercy triumphs over judgment. St. Augustine commented on this verse, James 2.13. St. Augustine said, When the just king sits in judgment, who will claim to be pure in heart? Who will boast of being free from sin? What hope could there be if mercy did not prevail over judgment. That's from St. Augustine, commenting on James 2.13, acquiescing, acquiescing that, yes, mercy triumphs over judgment. St. John Paul II said the same thing. He says, in many cases, is shown to be, uh, he says, mercy is a certain sense contrasted with God's justice, and in many cases, mercy is shown to be not only more powerful than, than, that ju- than, than, than justice, but also more profound. John Paul II says, God signifies transcend- transcendent perfection. Nevertheless, love is greater than justice, greater in the sense that it is primary and fundamental. So he says the same thing that St. Augustine says and that James 2.13 says. We also see St. Thomas Aquinas. He says that there's even mercy God's mercy is even in, 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 uh, shown in hell. He says, right. he says uh, so in every work of God viewed at its primary source, there appears mercy. St. Thomas says, even the souls condemned in eternal punishment in hell first experience mercy before justice. And what's the mercy of God in hell? This is my comment, is that there are different degrees of punishment. In other words, oh, yeah. uh, you know, uh, somebody who died uh, in mortal sin, uh, watching pornography and masturbating, uh, and, and found the mortal sin and had a heart attack, he's not going to suffer the same punishment as Joseph Stalin or Adolf Hitler. Okay, that that that's what it, even in hell there is mercy. Is that different people merit different punishment, different degrees? So there's a there's a, a a little bit of mercy being extended even there. Pope Benedict, 
who also talked about God's mercy. He said, the anger and mercy of the Lord alternate in a dramatic sequence, but love triumphs in the end for God is love. And so let's not forget that God is love. Pope Benedict just quoted 1 John 4, 16, God is love. But what's the Hebrew word for love? The Hebrew word for love is hesed. So that God is hesed in Hebrew. Hesed in Hebrew is translated as love, compassion, and mercy. So you can, the English translation, God is love. You can say God is compassion and God is mercy. God is love because they all come from the same Hebrew word, hesed. Beautiful, Jesse. Well yeah. said. Yeah. And just again, this mercy and, and, and forgiveness and justice, this is something that really needs to be addressed in the church today because, like I said, there's a lot of confusion. And I, I call it universalism, where everybody is saved. That's just not biblically correct. And so yep. it's important to understand these points. So thank you for doing that, Jess. You got it. Oh, up next. Right. What's up next, Terry? What's up next? What's up next is Kevin James. He's good friends with you and your brother and myself. He's going to come out and say some things as a comedian that most Canadians will never even say because of the fallout political incorrectness, but I want to give him a shout out and say thank you for doing that. Stay with us, you'll find out right after this. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. We're back to Terry and Jesse Show. Terry, uh, it's, uh, it's incredible the way... Uh, you inspired your your apostle at St. Joe's Communications many years ago. Changed my life. Changed my brother Johnny's life. And uh, I, I, Johnny Romero, my brother, had a direct effect on the actor Kevin James. Direct effect. And I had a direct effect on the actor Eduardo Verastegui as well. How? Yeah. Because I was formed with, with uh, the proper Catholic teaching, the perennial teachings of the church, through uh, hundreds and hundreds of recordings from St. Joseph's Communications. And now these guys, Eduardo Verasegui and Kevin James, are out evangelizing other people because the Romero brothers had a little effect on their life. And, and, and we were affected because we started drinking from the deep waters of authentic traditional Catholicism. <laughs> so let's talk about Catholic actor Kevin James. Kudos to him. He slams a euthanasia movement in a new Amazon Prime comedy special. That takes a lot of guts to do what he just did. Oh, jeez, big time. Here's his quote. Quote, only God pulls the plug on me. He created me. He can take me out whenever he wants. Close quote. Kevin James said this during his comedy special called Irregardless. Catholic comedian and actor Kevin James, best known for his longtime role as, as Doug in The King of Queens, and for starring in the film Paul, Paul Blart, Mall Cop, blasted euthanasia in his new comedy special, Irregardless. Here's what he said. Quote, I don't trust doctors. Do you trust doctors? They're killing people who don't need to die. Close quote. Kevin James yeah. said this in the, in the opening of the sketch. He went, on to tell of a he, he went on to tell the story of a woman who, quote, started breathing again moments after her family pulled the plug, close quote, 
joking about how it would make for, quote, some pretty uncomfortable conversation, close quote. Kevin James then went on to say, he said, only God pulls the plug on me. I tell my family all the time, he created me. He can take me out whenever he wants. Kevin James then went on to take take a jab at, at the at the likely hospital staffer who he predicted will insist, quote, Kevin would not want to live this way. There's no quality of life, close quote. So Kevin's making fun of, uh, of Karen, the nurse. The pro-euthanasia scenarios that he played out are increasingly becoming a feature of modern health facilities. And not only in places like Canada, the Netherlands, and Spain, and where medically assisted suicide is legal, whistleblower reports have helped reveal how some U.S. hospices are secretly killing their patients in order to maintain their cash flow. Hmm. Now, assisted suicide bills are on the table in 10 U.S. states, including Florida, Indiana, Iowa, Massachusetts, Michigan, Missouri, New Hampshire, New York, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. The slippery slope of legal euthanasia is evident in Canada, where already medical aid in dying, M-A-I-D, made, is being offered not just to the terminally ill, but to the poor, homeless, those with disabilities, and even veterans with PTSD. (laughs) In other words, Terry, anybody who wants to get killed in Canada, come on down. The article says, while Kevin James is known more for his goofy Hollywood roles than for his Catholic faith, he's opened up to the media about how he wants to glorify God with his work. In 2012, he suggested to Catholic News Service that honoring God was becoming more important to him for him as an actor. He said, quote, I'm involved in my faith. It becomes more and more, you know. It becomes a difficult, difficult position. You have a platform and you don't want to do anything that doesn't glorify God in every way. Uh, uh, End of quote. Kevin James told CNS in a telephone interview. The actor hosted a 2019 retreat featuring Father Chad Ripperger and Catholic theologian and author Scott Hahn at his house. As shown on Scott Hahn's social media, during which Kevin James served as the altar, as the acolyte at a traditional Latin mass offered by Father Ripperger in his home chapel at his house. The family of Terry Schiavo, who was euthanized by her husband after an accident resulting in brain damage, applauded James' anti-euthanasia skit on Thursday. Bobby Schindler, Terry Schiavo's brother, remarked the following, quote, It is refreshing to hear someone in Hollywood speak out on behalf of our medically defenseless, especially in this pro-death culture. Indeed, we have been desensitized to the dignity of those living with brain injuries like Terry, the elderly, and others in medically vulnerable situations where choosing death is now the solution to treating these persons, which is a false and deceitful excuse for so-called compassion, close quote. Bobby Schindler said, God bless Kevin James. In the few minutes of the segment, Kevin James bravely highlighted a hot button issue that most would have avoided in our highly charged political environment. For that, we give Kevin James a standing ovation, said Bobby Schindler, Terry Schiavo's brother. Terry Commons? And trust me, yeah, trust me, Jesse, he's going to pay 
out and speaking for, uh, for the life issues. And all of this euthanasia is tied back into the unborn, too. When we can kill unborn babies, why can't we kill the longborn? And that's what Kevin is saying, no. Get, just, I just want to mention something. Maybe I didn't. I can't remember. But when I when I met Kevin uh, James uh, Kevin James years ago when he was in L.A., he asked me to get all of the recordings of Scott Hahn. And, you know, I put this all together for him. He was very serious about studying his faith. Oh, yeah. And Jess, can you just take a minute to talk about your brother and what he was doing to instruct him in good sound catechesis? Well, my brother, my Johnny, my brother, we started cutting our teeth back on St. Joseph's communication tapes maybe 40 years ago when we were young men. I turned them on uh, to the tapes, to the catalog, and then we just started ordering like crazy uh, once we started hearing this gold mine of truth. My brother Johnny was invited to do a parish mission. He still does parish missions out in Southern California. Uh, if any uh, anybody wants to invite him, just uh, you can contact me and I'll and I'll send him the information. But my brother Johnny, he was invited to do a parish mission at uh, at a church in Encino uh, in, in uh, Saint. Uh, it's in Encino. It's uh, Saint Cyril of Jerusalem in Encino. Well, that was the, the the parish that Kevin James, his wife, would attend. Kevin would he was he would go on Christmas and Easter and you know, and uh, Ash Wednesday. He was a uh, you know he'd go three times a year. Well, there was a flyer there that said Johnny Romero, Catholic apologist, uh, going to give a six week Wednesday uh, seminar on uh, on Catholic apologetics, starting with the papacy, the Eucharist, and, and some of their topics. So. Kevin James' wife, she was, you know, she was going to Mass every Sunday and trying to get back to her, closer to her faith. She was far, far more advanced than Kevin was. She told her her husband, hey, I want to go hear this speaker. I've never heard a Catholic speaker before. This guy's an ex-Marine. It sounds pretty interesting. So Kevin kind of yawned and goes, all right, honey, okay. So he, he went reluctantly. And my brother Johnny, Terry, you, you well know. He's a uh, mm-hmm. he's dynamite. He's he's a fireball, and he's a he's a wealth of information, Amen. and he's orthodox. Kevin James saw my brother Johnny speak for six Wednesdays. He's sitting there in the church with his wife yawning, and and Johnny connected him right away. The fact that Johnny has a fighting background. Kevin James also trains in in mixed martial arts. Uh, Johnny's a marine, blue collar guy. Kevin just connected with my brother Johnny. And so after week number Wednesday, number six, when Johnny had finished his, his presentation, he's walking to the parking lot to his car. Kevin James, you know when you can feel somebody's behind you, somebody's walking behind you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Johnny turned around real quick, you know, his, his, uh, his martial arts training, his Marine, you know, sensibilities. He turns around because he feels somebody's right behind him. And who's right behind him? It's Kevin James. Kevin James sticks mm-hmm. out his arms towards Johnny and says, hi, I'm... And Johnny's kind of starstruck, you know. He goes, yeah, I know who you are. And uh, they began talking in the parking lot. He says, I've never heard a Catholic speaker like you in my life. He says, uh, he goes, I I don't want this to stop. He goes, I've learned so much. I took all the handouts you passed out every single week. He says, I I I need to keep, he goes, I need to keep learning more about Jesus and the Catholic faith. I didn't know any of this stuff. Well, guess what? Wow. From that point, my brother Johnny Romero and Kevin James stuck a, a, a good relationship. And Kevin yeah. asked them, he says, I want you to be my personal Catholic Bible teacher and apologetics teacher and go to come yeah. to my house every Wednesday. 
and I'm going to fill my house with actors and, and directors and producers and pe- friends of mine in the industry that are Catholics and fall away <laughs> Catholics, and I want you to teach us biblical apologetics. My brother Johnny awesome. went every Wednesday for five years to his house in Encino wow. and taught a room full of very important people, starting with Kevin James and his wife, biblical apologetics that Johnny had basically learned from St. Joseph's wow. Communications. And uh, they struck an, an incredible friendship. And to this so day, good. they text each other back and forth and they call each other up. And so Kevin James basically tells people that, uh, you know, Johnny Romero had everything to do with me coming back to the Catholic Church. So that's a story, Terry. Story. Thank, you. Thank you, Jesus. And Jeff, yeah. this is why right now the need for evangelization is so important and sharing the gospel, because you see how they're all linked to the chain. That's yes. the beauty of our Catholic faith. So, just wrap it up. we just got another minute left. Yeah, Terry. Kevin James has been evangelizing so many actors and very, very, very VIPs in many high oh. places. One of the persons oh. that he evangelized and brought back to the church is comedian Rob Schneider. Comedian Rob oh, yeah. Schneider was evangelized by Kevin James. Think about That's that. Awesome. And now Rob Schneider, uh, he's... Uh, He's put out a very important message. Rob Schneider, the comedian, he said that yep. uh, he's not going to fly United Airlines any any longer because the CEO is promoting DEI, and the CEO yep. is is a is a drag queen practitioner. So Rob Schneider, who's now evangelized and now fully back in the Catholic Church because of Kevin James, and Kevin James is fully back in the Catholic Church because of Johnny Romero. Now Rob Schneider. <laughs> Is, is using his social media platform to call out the drag queen, Scott Kirby from United Airlines, and he's telling them, me and my family, we're not going to use your airline anymore. See the way it works, Terry? One man, iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. And just a quick note, Jesse and Johnny from the Men's Conference Father's Day weekend will be at the Covina Chapel. If you want to register for that, go to vmpr.org. You'll have Johnny and Jesse under one roof. I'll be there. Hope to see you there. Yes, what state should we be living in, brother? Let's live in a state of grace. Don't live in a state of moral sense. Become holy or die trying. You got it. And remember our lady said at Fatima, souls are going to hell. Make sacrifice. Let's offer everything you have to Jesus through Mary. Thanks again for supporting us here at Virgin, most powerful lady of God. Richard, bless you.